This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. I'm I'm taking everything <laughs> off. I'm running off into the desert nude. Yeah, like I, I, <laughs> I'm in. I, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing a Horrorist podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm your host Rob. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? How's the gold room? Super it's duper. Great. Going good. Super it's going duper. good. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. check out the pool? Anything going on? Anybody trying to go for a swim? There's a pool here. I didn't know I, that. I assume there's no a pool told here. Me. No one no, hotel. Oh, no one gave me the pool key. No. <laughs> Shit's no. going down now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can go just dig a hole in the back, uh, back of the grounds there and go for a swim or something like that. You know, find a, find a cell phone, the necklace and dirty undies, you know, see what oh else is out there. Wow. <laughs> it's a good night. It was a good night. I think, uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of cell phones and dirty undies, uh, this week we're doing, uh, uh, 2008 slash 2010s Australian film, Lake Mungo. Mungo, Greg? Mongo? What are we, how are we pronounce it? Uh, don't ask me. I'm, I'm going to go by what they, how they say it in the movie. Uh, mango. They say mango? No. I, I think it's... <laughs> oh, God. Did you say mango? What? We're, we're, okay, we don't know how to pronounce the name. Okay, all right. Mungo. Like, like, like mungo. mungo. Like Mungo. Yes, exactly. I, I said two different time frames because I think originally when it was released in, in Australia, it was 2008, and then it got bought by U.S. rights uh, for 2010. And it was very confusing for me ordering on Amazon because it has two different titles. So there's two different options on Amazon. One is just Lake Mungo, which is 2008. And then there's a 2010 one that's called After Dark Lake Mungo. So I was very confused ordering. They're like, which one am I watching? I, I watched both. So they're, this is exactly the same. So don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> oh my God. it was just very, I was confused right away. You know, we'll get into it later. Why I'm more confused in the movie. But uh, but we'll get into, we'll get into that. Uh, the suit we're wearing tonight. Speaking of swimming, uh, Greg, uh, what do you got going on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to rub this in. Uh, what am I wearing? My beach gear. I got beach a little gear. rash guard. Yeah, my rash guard, my shades, reflective shades, uh, protects from the UV rays from the sunlight, uh, which are very intense down under. Um, oh. Also, <laughs> also got my beach towel. So I'm ready for the lake. Ready for the lake. Ready lake for the lake. Go. Ready to get in. Ready to get. Hopefully you come out. Yeah. Hopefully you don't stay in. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Laura. Are you okay? I'm not doing well over here. You're not doing well? No? Okay. No. Lord, uh, Greg putting a sunscreen on his nose really threw you off? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Laura, what are, you, what are you wearing tonight? What do you got going on down under? I'm just wearing... Oh, my God, Rob. <laughs> Greg, star- Greg started it. Greg started it. I'm wearing, you know, just the black hoodie. I have it... Over, oh, it won't fit over my headphones right now, but... Yeah, you know, she shows up in a lot of footage in this film and she's just wearing this like dark hoodie with the hood over her head and kind of her hair sticking out, but you can't really see her face very well. And yeah, simple enough, but I am wearing our, uh, you know, our merch. My hoodie has our, 
big fat faces on it. So hey, <laughs> hey what's up? Oh okay, all right. Well, nice. my face, my face is definitely fat. You guys are probably proportionate. <laughs> you guys are okay. The only reason I said that is because I recently ordered the sweatshirt, and mm-hmm. like the logo is way bigger on the sweatshirt than it mm-hmm. is on my other shirts. So I was like, oh, oh hey, there we are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm drowning in the cup, just like what's her name in this movie. Exactly. Oh, Dang, I wonder if I can see soon. my own see my own ghost. Oh, too soon. Oh, that's true. That's probably true. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me, I, I'm similar to Laura. I'm just wearing a hoodie tonight. Uh, you know, I think my face is a little uh, little grainy looking. Maybe I don't know if you guys can fully make me out, but uh, yeah, just same thing as you. I'm also wearing one of our conjecture shirts. I'd rather be podcasting uh, or drinking shirt. I'm actually doing both tonight, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if anybody wants to see these pics we're wearing, check us out Twitter and Instagram at Conjecturing Pod and our merch. Check it out at tpublic.com slash user slash Conjecturing Pod. So let's see what we're drinking tonight now. Uh, hopefully it's not any pool water, lake water, anything no. like that. Let's see what we're drinking here. What's in the cups? All right, Laura, what are we drinking tonight? We are just very simple. We're drinking a dry white wine. I picked a dry white wine because it reminds mm. me of the dried up lake of Lake Mungo. Mungo? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm second guessing it. Yeah. Still on there? <laughs> and, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes tidbit here. We've been on this call for like, oh, God, an hour and 45 minutes now before mm. recording. So, uh, Laura has drank her whole bottle. Oh my <laughs> this <goodness. is> really <laughs> Wait, wait, which I one? I can't see it. But... What's the what's see the it? label? It's King Estate. It's a Pinot oh, okay. Gris. Hmm. I thought we I thought we picked up the same wine. I also got a Pinot Gris, but I got uh, I got Josh. Ah, what a, what I like a name Josh. for a wine. Yeah. You got, no, Josh you got, is good. That's good. A, but I will say Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio and all the fancy <laughs> shit. Those are very dry, so good job. You guys Pick are drinking. Some, you guys are drinking some dry pinots tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I, pref- I prefer a wet pinot, but you know that's just me. You know, <laughs> if his name's Josh, oh well, I don't know. It's okay. You know, <laughs> sorry. Uh, that's funny. Okay, all right. Let's see. Uh, what do we got going? I want to hear now? more about this. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to hear more. Yeah, about it. you don't want to do elaborate. No, no, no. <laughs> You don't want to hear more. You don't want to know more. Uh, yeah, so cool. Great drinks. I like it. I like it. Uh, so let's do a little bit of uh, show news updates real fast. We just remind everybody listening, uh, if they like our show, please rate, review our podcast, wherever you're listening to it on. Um, I also quickly just want to do a quick ad read real fast. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Amazon Music Unlimited. Uh, with Amazon Music Unlimited, listeners get unlimited access to over 70 million songs on demand music, which is always ad free and are able to listen offline with unlimited skips. By signing up with our promo link, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days and cancel at any time. So go to getamazonmusic.com slash conjecturingpod to get started. Um, we also want to have a quick update. We just want to talk say that we're we're now more officially on TikTok, Greg. We're actually doing stuff. We got stuff going on up there. Yep, uploading Greg, videos. Greg lab- is murdering it, by the way. <laughs> like, I check every day now, not to set the expectation, but you've been uploading daily for the last couple of days and holy shit yeah, i've been hitting that hitting that tiktok it's it's <laughs> it's gold man you're doing a great yeah, job do, do you can you please elaborate for me what is happening over there i'm the old man of the pod <laughs> i don't know what's going on i don't tick nor do i talk so greg, <laughs> greg. Oh, you definitely talk <laughs> <laughs> So, Greg, what are you what are you posting up there? Are you doing like booty shaking videos? What are you doing? They're one hundred percent booty shaking videos. Mm. Perfect. Um, I like it. I mean, just from different angles. So mm. you'll have to tune okay. in to see. 
I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Let me know if you need my booty, man. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Yeah, if you want to check it out, it's just at Conjecturing Pod, same as our Twitter and Instagram. You can go follow it there and see all the cool stuff we're putting up there. Um, I'm, I'm glad we're actually doing stuff now. It's super exciting because now we got Twitter, we got Instagram, we got TikTok, we got all the the rounds covered. I'm pretty excited for that. It's pretty cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, we can get into previous shows now. Do you guys have anything from last week's show? We did our first conjecture along. We did short circuit <laughs> last week. Laura was a robot. Um, we talked. We talked. I think more about sex than I thought we thought we would, or Greg thought we would. I knew I was going to go there, but uh, do you guys have anything? Oh, no, to talk I, about? I definitely. No, no, for sure. I mean. The the bar was on the ground and you brought a shovel when it came to like the robot <laughs> sex talk. <laughs> I was just that, hitting everybody over the head with it. Yeah, yeah that blew my mind. My, I, I was definitely short circuited. I have no comment on that episode. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. What about you, Laura? Do you have anything from short circuit you want to mention or talk about? Just kind of listening back to it. I God, I don't know how you guys have had a podcast with me for a year and a half. I am so annoying <laughs> when I actually watch a movie. Every five seconds, it's just me shrieking in the background like, oh, <gasps> I mean... God, I don't know. Yeah, it's about right. So that's what <laughs> yeah, me and Greg I don't know how you guys do it. So I, I just want to do a blanket apology at this point to everybody for that. We have to edit out the shrieks. No, I'm keeping those shrieks in. Yikes. I gotta keep those shrieks in. I, I think I, I copy and pasted them. I put more shrieks in than Laura did. So it's actually more. Oh man, there were so yeah. many in this episode. I was like, yeah. wow. Well, you were the ones frightened by robots, so it was fitting you were shrieking. You I mean, know? that's true, but it's just very alarming to hear back, you know. Yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. I think we all had to get used to hearing ourselves on yeah. audio. Like, it mm-hmm. took a while, and I thought I was getting used to it, but then to hear myself go to that decimal, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Laura, did you, do you feel like after that episode, you developed somewhat of a soft spot for robots? You know, mm-hmm. you don't feel no, not the at same all. animosity or, or that no, fear? Mm-hmm. Not at all, but I will say that I think think about short circuit less than I used to. Mm. It's kind of like when we had Lainey on, you know, the dream analyst, it's like, it, it helps you or same with your wife, Greg, Lindsay, like it helps you kind of get over the sphere and then you're kind of at peace and you can move on and not mm. think about it anymore. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Nice. That's pretty cool. And, until Greg shows up at your house with his short circuit mask. You know, scares yeah. You. And then I pass out and die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's making a comeback. I didn't throw that away. Got to keep that Greg. Next time we next time we physically meet together, that has to be how you introduce yourself again to Laura, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then just just yell like disassemble, disassemble, you know. And if you're like walking on your knees, yeah, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That'd be pretty horrifying. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I I liked that episode. I thought it was fun. I thought for us not knowing what we were doing the first time doing like a watch along, I thought it came out really well. I was super excited and impressed of uh, our episode in general. You know, there's definitely some some quiet spots here and there. We're actually just watching the movie. But it, it, overall, I thought we did a really good job. And I'm excited to do it more for other movies. You know, we, we were talking, yeah. you know, before we started recording here, maybe Thanksgiving, uh, we might have another one coming up in, in November. Uh, that would be really fun, I think, to do. Uh, Spoiler! <laughs> 
if anybody has listened to the past maybe 20 30 episodes maybe they know maybe where i'm thinking uh these guys are be doing me i think already but uh we'll see maybe i'll put a twitter poll we'll see what, what everybody wants us to do but uh i'm excited for that wow and all i have to say to that is i'm gonna top off my wine okay there you go nice 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 yeah so let's uh let's get into this week uh this week we're doing lake mungo i think that's how we pronounce it now this was laura's movie pick laura so why did you choose this i have heard so much about this movie it's weird i feel like this movie came out of nowhere and you don't really see a whole lot but then people will mention it and so it flies very under the radar but everything i had seen about it it's you know people were like it's a really good movie so i just felt like we had to watch it yeah that's crazy. I mean, do you remember like who is mentioning this movie to you? Is it Twitter? Is it social media? Is it friends? Like who's mentioning this movie to oh, you? Oh, it's it's all Twitter. I, I feel like I've media. seen it a lot on Twitter, especially with the host uh, directors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I believe, mentioned this movie quite a few times in a lot of their interviews as uh, inspiration, like with the photograph aspect mm, okay, of this okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Like they pulled some of that inspiration when they made host. Nice. That's cool. I could see that now. I can see that. I was wondering like what aspect of it uh but uh okay nice i see that cool cool yeah um i'm excited to talk to it uh talk about it more but uh, let's do our horror segment of the week real fast all right we got a question this week question this was a uh, laura's uh laura's question she came up she vetoed mine uh mine mine apparently was horrible um but i'm not angry about it i just don't care uh <laughs> laura it's an inside joke Bruh, before we started recording. Breaking my heart over here. <laughs> I'm just playing, Laura. I'm just playing. I care with all my heart, Laura. I care with all my heart, you know? Okay, mm. Laura. So what's the question this week? What do you got? If you knew your impending doom was near, what would you bury and hope that either your next of kin or surviving family would find? But the twist is it can't be anything obvious like money or your wallet or phone or pictures or jewelry or anything like that has to be something very obscure what would it be what do you think of i feel like laura can you just go first because i I feel like i need some type of reference to like what actually let let me tell you let me tell you what my actual answer to this is and it would be nothing because i'm alive i would just hand it to him (laughs) you see what i mean vetoed vetoed. loophole Mm -hmm. loopholes I'll give you guys mine. Okay, okay. okay go for it. Like literally, that's why I like these questions. They're very difficult. Everything I could think of was something special. My ring, that's jewelry. Like a picture my daughter has drawn me. That That's kind of more sentimental. Photos, all of that stuff. I get it. You know what I would do? I truly want people to be happy, even if I were to leave this earth. Like I want you to move on, be happy. I want you to know that it's okay. So... <laughs> I'm going to leave a bottle of really nice fucking red wine because if my family were to find that, I want them to be like, she wants us to celebrate. <laughs> Boom. Okay. That's my answer. Okay. So okay. it's like, uh, before you die, you you could technically just order everybody wine on Amazon, but you're going to just go one bottle and bury on it. On Amazon? This is like a really nice bottle of wine. Oh, okay. And they're all going to share it mm. like at the, the, the berry site. Okay. <laughs> Man, way to make me feel bad about my answer, Greg. Cool. Real I'm, cool. I'm still kind of confused with the answer. I thought we were trying to like fucking uh, be like, oh, this is how I died or this is why I died. Or, this like, is so, why I wanted to get into it while we were talking about it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's all up to your interpretation. Like yeah, what interpretation. item did you pick and why? I picked this item because in my scenario, hmm. if you're finding this and I'm gone, 
doesn't matter how, okay, I, me, how me, it happened. Just drink and be yeah. happy and I'm celebrate give me. You, I'm going to give you my honest answer then based on that. And it's, it's similar to your sentiment, Laura. And it's this. I feel like a lot of the people in our lives, we don't have the time, the space, the, or the energy to say the things that we want to in a very honest and upfront way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just logistics, you know? Uh, so I feel like a journal, you know, the written word is a really great way to do that because you can just, you know, spill out your thoughts and your feelings and put it out there in a very honest way without having to get tripped up over it being in person. So I think I would want to put, I I would take a giant journal book and maybe dedicate a a page or two for every person close to me in my life and just write all the honest feelings and, and thoughts I had and things that I would want to impart on them that they could just take with them. And uh, that would be a little piece of me that that lived on. Okay. Wow. Well, you made me feel like a dick again. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Uh, like, hey, get drunk. (laughs) And you're like, this is my... Our answers are our answers go hand in hand. Here, I'll I'll make you look better, Laura. I'm going to leave my sex tape. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There it's. (laughs) <laughs> but it's 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 just it's just of me eating nachos. So that's, that's my that's my that's my shame. <laughs> I don't know if that helps me solve my murder. I probably died while eating nachos, so it's probably accurate. So you know, it's kind of like Laura. Maybe I'll leave some nachos there too, so they can they can drink Laura's wine. They can eat my nachos. They can re- read Greg's journal. Or, or it's a great pod day, you know, for everybody. This sounds like a really fun night. <laughs> it yeah. does sound like a really fun night. <laughs> Entertainment, food, wine. I like it. Yeah, there we go. There's my answer. Oh, my yeah. God. All right. <laughs> I, I Maybe if, Laura. like, the three of us were being haunted at the same time and we all died together, that would be what oh. we would just bury simultaneously. That's probably We literally true. just gave our friends and family a party. Like, hey, yeah. go. Mm-hmm. But I there's like still going to be tears with Greg's journal. Mm-hmm. But, that's you true. Know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, good answers, you guys. Good answers. If anybody wants to email us in, let us know what they would uh, leave in that whole uh, email conjecturing pod at Gmail. Hit us up Twitter and Instagram at conjecturing pod or leave, or leave a voicemail on our website, podpage.com slash conjecturing pod. What's wrong, Laura? What's so funny? Oh, you guys are, la- you guys are laughing. No, I'm just, I, I I wanted to just clarify, you know, what you meant by leave it in the hole, but you know, like, <laughs> go on to the next segment. <laughs> Oh man, no, it's okay. Sorry, it's a it's a dry hole. Don't worry about it. Um, so oh. let's uh, <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into the movie. Let's get into the movie now. Uh, let's jump into the lake. It's not dry. It's wet. Let's get in there. Uh, movie we're doing this week, like we said, Lake Mungo, uh, two thousand eight, two thousand ten release. Uh, two thousand ten was the U.S. release. Uh, writer director Joel Anderson. Uh, budget of this movie was one point seven million dollars. Uh, box office was only twenty nine, almost thirty thousand dollars. Pretty much, it hit a couple film festivals and then went straight to VOD. Um, I think, like you said, people are just really talking about it now as like a like an undiscovered cult classic. People are talking mm-hmm. about it now. Um, starting to get a lot of light shined on it, so people are probably renting it now. Um, I think mine was actually free though. So sorry. Um, yeah, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> Laura, do you got some interesting facts? I have a few things, not a lot, because, you know, very similar to this movie. It just kind of appeared out of nowhere, and then that's it, and there isn't a whole lot about it. Um, but from what I did find out, this movie was almost fully unscripted. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, we we have a lot of, you wow. know, that kind of found footage style, which we know is unscripted. But I feel like for this movie specifically, 
That's really impressive. That really surprises me. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it later, but like the grief aspect of this movie, the fact that that was very unscripted, that to me is pretty mind blowing. But again, that's like a talking point for later. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have you guys ever seen Twin Peaks? I haven't. I kept reading that everywhere on like the Rotten Tomato reviews and I'm like, I've never watched it. Yes. So there are heavy references to Twin Peaks in this movie. Um, the number one thing being the last name Palmer. So like in Twin Peaks in the beginning, you find a dead corpse and her name is Laura Palmer. Um, so not only do they share the last name, but when they do show the images of Alice Palmer, mm. it is very similar to the images mm. of Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. And, and also just like not only just visually, but strange occurrences happen in the town of Twin Peaks. So just very similar um, if you've seen that. And super weird fact, but Anderson, he effectively disappeared from f- the film world altogether. And the only other credit listed on his IMDb page after Lake Mungo is uh, like a short and that's it. No one can contact him. He's just gone. Yeah. It was like another thing I read and being like people like there's a bunch of articles of people trying to like find him and be yeah. like, like, what's going on? I mean, this is going on. This came out what 2008. Jeez, you're going on like 20 years or whatever that is, you know, and it's like, yeah, nobody. I couldn't find another article of somebody that found him and talked to him about like, hey, like, what have you been up to? Right. It's just so crazy. You know, I mean, you hear about filmmakers getting discouraged by the initial reception mm-hmm. of of certain movies that they, they release. Maybe they uh, they tank, they don't make a lot of money, and then these they, they go into hiding. We've heard we've reviewed many movies like this where they don't get the the proper respect or attention they deserve until many years later. By that time, yeah. maybe the director has moved on or you know done on other projects. That's yeah. true. But one interview, like the one interview I did find of him, and this was Mm. like right when the movie was coming out, he did say, I want to make a movie that seemed like it came out of nowhere and like Mm. you can't really trace. Mm. And so by him going MIA, it's like, oh, my God, this movie really did seem like it came out of nowhere. And now Mm. it can't really be traced. Like he's Mm. gone. He's not even in the film industry anymore. So I just that kind of blew my mind. I was like, this guy is either really dedicated or it just worked out really well yeah. in his favor. I don't know. Wow. That's super crazy. It's super crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of weird. It is very weird. It's very weird. He's like a ghost wandering yeah. around, around like somebody's it. home. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do cast lore? Yeah. So this is like all not very well-known people. They're Australian actors, but they've barely been in anything else. Um, but we've got Rosie Trainer as June Palmer, David Pledger as Russell Palmer, Martin Sharp as Matthew, the brother. Talia Zucker as Alice. And then we also have Steve Jodrell as Ray, who's mm. the psychic. Uh, you want to do synopsis, Laura? Yeah. So this movie is a mockumentary style, as they call it. Mm. And it takes us through the story of Alice Palmer. She's a 16-year-old girl uh, who mysteriously drowned on a family vacation. And we go through a series of interviews with her surviving parents and you know friends and family and her brother, Um, And we learn just who Alice was and, you know, what was essentially happening to her. And it's not what you would have expected. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Um, Yeah, let's just start with where we normally start the opening setup vibe of this movie. Uh, I mean, I'll start right away. Like I already told you guys that I was kind of confused just the fact that there's two titles, the U.S. Mm. release and, and normal release. I started watching this movie. I got maybe five minutes in. 
and just literally saw a documentary. I, I, you know what I mean? Mock, you know, you call it a mockumentary now because we realize what's happening. But I went in blind. I didn't want to look up any information about this movie. So five minutes in, I'm like, am I watching this right movie? Like it just completely starts as a documentary news footage, interviewing people. And I'm like, what is happening? And that's why I was so confused. I had to stop it. And I think that's when I was messaging you guys on Discord of like, what movie, what year are we watching? So I was thrown off right away watching this movie because I didn't know what was happening. Did you guys have that at all? starting this what do you think laura i didn't because you watched it before me but Mm. i would have had the exact same reaction had i watched it first because it like i i know i said mockumentary but you go into this and you're like you forget quickly yeah you're like i'm watching a documentary and this really happened and it's really believable yeah and so i mean you know we'll talk about it later but i feel like Yes, this movie might have some flaws and a lot of people may not think it's scary. But Mm. the thing is, is that it's very believable. And so that right there makes it very unsettling. Yeah, I I totally agree. What what do we think, Greg, about the opening and the documentary stuff? Super believable. I was not confused at all whether or not it was an actual fiction. I mean, one of the beauties of... of, of downloading on YouTube, there was just one version. So I downloaded that. Mm. It was pretty straightforward. I knew I was watching mm-hmm. a movie. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very realistic. That's yeah. the thing. I, docufiction, I think, is another uh, mm. phrase they used to describe this. There's something about, I mean, you, you get into it right away. It's almost like watching a documentary, like you've seen. I mean, the, the way that the characters recount almost like the, the mundane details of the event so you start off finding out that <clears throat> one of the girls the, the daughter is goes missing in the lake and presumably she's drowned but they don't know because they haven't found her but they essentially uh they walk through these individual characters and they talk about where were you and it, the way that they chronologically go through it everyone also seemed very reasonably zoned out when they recounted mm-hmm. the events because you're at the stage where you know that She's already dead, right? But yeah, whenever they go from person to person, it's like, I got out of the water. I saw a towel. I remember thinking, blah, 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 blah. You know, her friends describing her, her personality, and like all the the way that th- this movie starts off, it it does just launch you into this like you're watching an actual documentary. It's, it's pretty incredible. There, there's, liter- there's virtually no distinction between this and an actual documentary, in my opinion. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, I was talking to my wife about the movie uh, earlier today, just saying, like, if this was on, like, with the ID channel, or whatever, when they go over, like, murders and this and that, or, right. or even, like, sci-fi channel or paranormal channel, and somebody literally said, like, hey, there's a documentary about maybe a real ghost they caught. I, I would have watched this and been like, oh, this is real. Like, this really yeah. happened. And I was telling her, like, the whole movie, it does such a great job – Right in balancing right there in the middle of like fiction, like nonfiction, like it's right in the balance. It doesn't go too far into where there's like a goblin or there's like a demon on like crawling on the walls where you're clearly like, okay, this isn't real. It shows you just enough to be like that fucking looks kind of real what I think a ghost might look like or shit like that. So, I mean, right away in the opening, I was I was there. I was confused the first time watching this movie. But once I, you know, found out that like, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. 
then I, I dug the opening. The the police footage, you know, looked legit to me. It looked like a real footage you were watching. The interviews right. like you're talking about, Greg, sounded so real. And I think that's the genius of casting these like unknown actors. Like nobody's over the top. Everybody is almost like underacting, which in this case works perfectly. Yeah. It seems so yes. real. It yep. seems so real. If you had like legit actors in here, they would probably act it up and they would be great actors. But this, the fact that people seem to stammer at points and not kind of know what they should say, it seems like that's real life actually, you know? Yeah, like you can tell there are moments where there, it doesn't make for good material. They're literally just recounting stuff. We got a call yeah. from X at Y o'clock and they said something. So we thought this, the autopsy was done on this day. Then the coroner released like, this is not, it, it, this is not dramatic filmmaking, but this is what you would get if you were filming a documentary. And even sometimes the director would be, this is what they do in documentaries where, you know, they're kind of behind the camera and they'll ask a question to the interviewee and they're still filming and you can hear the guy behind the camera ask a question and maybe they'll follow up a little bit in that same shot. It's just, it's so realistic. And I don't know how they, the fact that everything was not, not everything, but most of it was unscripted. Just, it blows my mind because I feel like everybody's, cadence and their tone and their responses were totally appropriate to their uh their capacity in relationship to the victim like for example the police officer uh the rather the, the police chief when she was being interviewed she was being very pc in her mm -hmm. response you know you know only the facts man like just you know she wouldn't give opinions that uh, a police officer wouldn't give same as the doctor you know talking about the bruises on um the, the boy's body you know, you know later on the yeah. language he uses about how they resolve themselves and it kind of like the way that doctors talk sometimes the co-worker was a little bit um you know the, the dad's co-worker was a little bit skeptical about you know him i believe you know i think he saw what he saw because you have to imagine if you're a coworker of this of the dad. You're not going to go on film and say, "Oh, he's full of shit," because <laughs> he saw a ghost. Because that's your coworker. You got to support him. But at the same time, you're not going to go on film and say, "Oh, he definitely saw a ghost," because then it might make you look crazy. So everyone's responses, you know, in the interviews just seem so appropriate and well measured. Yeah. It's just so realistic. I it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I read an interesting fact that uh, – what do you want to call it? The the documentarian, the person filming all this stuff is the director. It is yeah. it, it is Joel Anderson. So you could totally see in those cases he is asking them a legit question. They're answering. So as the director of this movie and, quote, unquote, the documentary, he's literally leading him into what he wants to hear as the director. This is mm -hmm. what I want you to say. So I'm going to lead you in with this question. So it's fascinating of how he did this. I mean, I was trying to look at things like I couldn't think of anything like this, to be honest with you. No. You yeah. know, like all the other found footage, Blair Witch, Paranormal, they're similar but completely different. Yeah, I agree. And it's so fascinating to me. It's so fascinating that he did it and that it works. Uh, but it's super cool, super cool. Yeah, I mean, we already kind of talked about characters acting. Um, I don't know if you guys want to spot out anybody in particular. The acting is kind of just whatever – in this movie, it, it's great, but nobody like shines. You know what I mean? Nobody shines in this movie for any reason. I think the dad shines to me. Really? You know, the one thing I did was I, I, you know, you're looking at these characters very closely when they're being interviewed. And I thought he had a couple of moments where it was just, it was so spot on when he was recounting that first time that he saw the, 
the ghost of his daughter, the way he delivered that story, his facial reactions mm-hmm. were perfect. You can see in his eyes, he's balancing between retelling the story, you know, and his thoughts like just directed to the camera and also reliving the feeling of seeing her, you know, you see that switch turn on. He's like, and then she just walked in. Yeah. You know, you know, before I could kind of work out what was doing there, Ellie walked in, you know, the way that he, the way that he said that. And I don't know. I think he was, he was my favorite um, actor in the, in this Mm -hmm. cast followed by the mom probably. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, speaking of characters real fast, I do have to say one thing. I have a grinding gears uh, about uh, the brother, about the brother in this Ah! movie a bit. Uh, Let me get Laura's drop going here. We haven't heard it in, geez, God knows how long it's been. I I don't remember. So anybody listening, if you haven't listened in however long, this is going to be shocking to you, but uh, here it goes. (laughs) Richard Gere. Blink, 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 blink. Right, oh so my god! I'm <laughs> such a spaz. Laura's grinding gears. Uh, where, where Laura picks something that grinds her gears, something usually visually she sees that doesn't like her. And in me, this movie, right when you see the brother for I think one of the first times when they do in his, his head interview, his lips are so fucking chapped. And like, <laughs> I didn't know it. Greg knows what I'm talking about. Greg, his his lips are so chapped. It's so distracting to me. To I just can't keep staring at his bottom lip. It looked like an alligator hide. It looked like something I from the outback of like Australia. I have to Google this right now. It looked, what? It looked like I don't know one of those like mega spiders they have out there in the outback. You know, it's just like crawling on his mouth. And I was like, it was just it's so distracting to me. It was like the only scene I think his lips were that chapped. But uh, I, I don't I don't <laughs> know, man. For some reason, it just bugged me in the in that scene where he was doing his first little talking point talking about uh that that whatever he said he's like oh i know she didn't come out of the water because her beach towel was still on the beach and this and that and yeah, yeah his bottom lip was just all tore up it was really why are you looking at the dude's lips you know man yeah. gotta, gotta get that dry pino you know yeah oh my god <laughs> It was oh just, it was, God. it was something that I, I noticed and it bugged the hell out of me, which is what grinding gears is all about. You know, um, he, he should have taken a little, uh, you know, a little crash course from a, a fellow thanks, ki- thanks killing, uh, Oh alum no, st- that's way worse. I will a- take dry lips <laughs> over that any day. Started a slobber. You realize how, how dry and, oh, <laughs> Rob, I just saw the picture. I, I, I saw it too. My- I saw it too. Dang, yeah, but Rob, look, it's hot and arid out there. Oh, yeah, you know, in that uh, in that yeah part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not, he's not yeah. taking care of himself. Maybe he's so stressed mm-hmm. that he's like not hydrated, and I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, maybe he's not drinking water. It. Water is his yeah. his number one enemy at this point. I mean, it killed his sister. Why would he get anywhere near water? <laughs> he's not drinking any water. That's that was the problem. That's yeah, why he doesn't true. want to drown. Yeah, but man, just lick that lip, man. Come on, lick it. You know, <laughs> slurp oh it up. God. Slurp it up. You know, uh, ridiculous. <laughs> You're, you yeah. are right, though. Yes, yeah. they are pretty. They're like a exorcist uh, level there. <laughs> yeah. So now, if anybody, if you haven't watched the movie, if you watch it now, you're only going to see those crusty ass lips. Um, you know. <laughs> but let's let's get into. I think when this movie kind of really starts taking off, you know, pretty much the yeah the daughter dies. They're all kind of grieving a bit. Um, the crusty lip boy takes photos in the back of his uh, back of his yard. I guess every year that they moved into the home, he takes like a still frame of the backyard and just so happens this year he takes a photo and you got creepy Alice standing there with her hoodie looking like Laura chilling in the backyard, you know? Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I gotta, I gotta say like, what did you guys think on the first time they show that creepy, that creepy photo, the music starts getting eerie. What do you, what do you think, Laura? I, I like hate to admit 
this movie isn't scary mm. technically. Yeah. But I get it, you guys. Like, I was watching this movie in my bedroom, and my TV is right in front of a window. And it was like almost nighttime, but it was still a little light out. And so I could see like shadows outside. And I had a, a giant like patio umbrella closed mm. right outside my window. And every time I looked from the TV to the window, I would see it. And I would think it was just some like massive person standing oh, right there. Dang. So I got to say this movie clearly set off the sirens of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think just, yeah, I think seeing images real or not of like an apparition or a ghost of, or something weird. It's just, like I said, it's very unnerving, very unsettling. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was the same through this whole movie, but unfortunately we find out pretty early on that the brother <laughs> has actually implanted some of these images to some yeah. of them, which mm-hmm. is really upsetting. It's one of the first, like, quote unquote, rug pulling moments. We get mm. quite a lot in this movie. A lot of, a lot of twists, There's actually. a lot yeah. of twists, yeah. yeah. But I will say, even after that, thank goodness, they they then have more footage come out where mm. we know, okay, this is the real deal. It's not him anymore. Yeah. Thank God, because otherwise you'd just be like, okay, it's this fucking kid. Yeah. This dumbass kid. What is he doing? Maybe yeah. I do have a grinding gears on him. I don't know, man. <laughs> dumbass we'll be, kid. We'll, we'll get to the very end with some of these photos too. With the, I don't know if Greg watched mm-hmm. all the way through the credits, but uh, uh, what's it called? I would say though too, the thing that's creepy about the first photo you see is just the way she's standing. It's so creepy that she's just like, like not hunched over, but like creepily just like standing there. If she was like posing or doing like a peace sign or something like that, like it wouldn't be as <laughs> creepy. First thing you think of peace. <laughs> that's what my son does. Right <laughs> Right now my son is three and a half and we see like take a picture and for some reason he does this i don't know what that means Sam, but uh, yeah but it's just the way she's standing in most of these photos is just so odd you know what i mean she doesn't look like she's having a good time which i mean she's dead why would she uh what do you think greg about what do you think greg about the first uh first backyard photo of her if, if i die and i come back as ghost i'm throwing a peace signs all peace over signs. the place yeah. in front of mm. you guys just uh greg's got the double the double peace yeah. signs going <laughs> <laughs> oh you're no you're you're the surfer guy greg you gotta do like uh hang tan bro you gotta do that oh there it is know? there it there is go, maui man. yeah i like it i like that's it that's right dude that's yeah. right let's do it um Joseph. <laughs> <Brozef. laughs> oh god <laughs> you know th- this is this is the the beauty of of the photos is is the setup they set up the shit out of those photos because the imagery that they show you in the beginning of this movie is brilliant. You get those quick snapshots of the autopsy reports. They'll throw in a little bit of the, the forms, you know, with the signatures, the writing. It, it's, it, it's just, it's, they bring you into the realism, you know, the, uh, the family photos before the ghosts enter the, enter the frame are very, I don't know, like, they look exactly like my photo, my family photo album. If I were to crack open my old family photo albums from like the 90s and, and the 80s and, um, and maybe the early 2000s, they look just like this where, you know, maybe one or two people in the frame, they're like posing and then the third person has no idea what's going on. They're like <laughs> looking in a different direction. All of those photos look so realistic to me. Whoever was the, the art director was just so on point. So what happens is 
you're looking at you're just being introduced to the realism of this movie so by the time they randomly throw just like a ghost standing in the background you're sold you're like oh okay well now this is just another real photo but now there's a ghost in it um i'm with laura in that it's not shocking or scary in itself you know but it's the type of scare that sits with you like i remember walking down my stairs last night and there were there were no lights on. I just had my uh, cell phone light on, and I I caught myself thinking about like oh there could be a shadowy ghost in the corner, <laughs> and I, I wasn't even thinking about the movie at the time. So it is like a very unsettling type of um, like a haunting type of scare. Wait, yeah. did you have a Greg version of shit yourself shuffle? Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh no, I don't, I don't I don't have. Uh, I don't have SMS. I don't. I don't know oh man! <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> suffer from SMS. <laughs> SMS. This would be a fucking late night infomercial. I want to say, do you suffer from SMS? Do you shit yourself after a movie? <laughs> Call Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what good are you gonna do? I don't know. I'll be like, dude, you just need to run, man. That's all I'm gonna give you is run. <laughs> you guys could cry together over the phone. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, after that, after the first one, which is eerie. Then you have the whole thing with uh, them setting up video cameras in the house. Then you have what I call the signs footage when you have an apparition walk through a door frame. To me, very science-esque. Mm, M. Night Shyamalan yeah. signs where the alien passes by and it's like, hey. you know, it does like a little pose. Um, another one that creeped me out. It cre- You know something? And it's something I was talking to my wife about. This movie came out in 2008. It was probably filmed in 2007. You have some old footage going on in this movie. Nothing yeah. is HD. Nothing is 4K. Yeah. So all the footage they're getting is, man, was it? I don't even remember. Was it VHS? Did they have VHS cameras or was it I digital, Greg? I, I thought I was watching shit from the 90s, though. Like, this was grainy <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. And that's what I was telling my wife. It adds to the creepiness. Yeah. When you see the the video of like the, the figure where you think, you know, going through the door frame the first time, it's so pixelated and grainy. To me, it's more creepy than if it was like a clear cut image. So it's just like, mm. what is that? What, what did you guys think about the door frame? What, what do you think, Greg? Uh, amazing. I the, the thing is, is to me, what it was, was when you have that old style, that old, you know, rundown quality footage, which you really can't do anymore. Um, if you're trying to sell a movie that uh, like, like using cameras taken in like, you know, modern age, even like the simplest technology, like my, my kid probably has a toy that he's gotten from Amazon <laughs> that has better quality than like the yeah. best cameras in the early 2000s. You can't do that anymore. But it's we, we understand this is like back in 2005. So what happens is when they're when you're filming in the house, to me, it was is the shadows, the shadow work of mm-hmm. the interior of the home was so it was excellent. And it was creepy. It's just the composition of the shadows in the hallways and the bedroom. And you just don't know. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Sinister, the, the, the way that mm-hmm. they, um, you know, composed the shadows and the lights. So, you know, coupled with that, like that, that old style um, footage, it just felt like you were there. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Laura, the door frame one? Were you creeped out too? Yeah. I, I don't like anything like that. Uh to be fair, I actually think that the alien walking by in signs is a little scarier, but same effect, same effect. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it, it's just super weird. Uh, yeah, it just, like I said, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. That's what it is, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, like I said, it, it just adds to 
the documentary of this movie. Yeah. The, the fact that you're watching this being like, is this fucking real? Like, is this a real documentary? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the fact that they're showing you these things. And it literally is like, if you go to like paranormal sites on the internet, they have images like this of like, I caught mm-hmm. a ghost. And it's very similar to this. You can't clearly make it out. You don't know what it is. So to me, this movie is so spot on with like what a ghost might look like passing through a doorway. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't, it's never definitive because then we would not ha- be talking about it still. You know what I mean? Um, and then I think after that, you have the one where she's like in her room and then you can see her in the mirror sitting there, which is creepy. That's mm. the clearest one I think you see of her. Um, I mean, like I said, you find out the the chap lip boy what he was doing, but uh, it's still creepy before you know that, though. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that one, Laura? The one in the mirror where she's sitting there? Oh, yeah. Anything with mirrors. We've already mm. talked about this uh, on like every episode. Just nope. Not mirrors. like... Yeah, even when Lindsay was talking about she first watched Child's Play at four years old through a mirror. Like, (laughs) that's that's just so fucked. Oh, that's so true. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, interweaved through this creepiness is like uh, you have the mom in this movie. Um, really, I think maybe the person maybe grieving the most, uh, the fact that they kind of set up the beginning that she just really didn't have a great relationship with her daughter. Oh, you know, they yeah. were very, you know, of course, they loved each other, mother and daughter, but just they didn't seem to see eye to eye. They didn't connect on certain things. She even talks about that. uh the mom and and her mom, you know, the grandma, like it's the same relationship they've had in this family. Just like they didn't really ever get that. So it seems like the mom, I think is probably grieving the most because maybe she was the most disconnected from uh, this girl. Maybe the dad Mm -hmm. had a good relationship. Maybe the brother had a good relationship, but you don't really know that. So the the question about that real quick, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, when the grandma came into the picture and she was getting interviewed, right. Talking about how, Mothers always have this worry of not doing enough or not doing the right things for for your kids. And then something she mentioned I was confused about. She said something about um, how she couldn't give herself wholly to her daughter, which was mm-hmm. the mom, right, yeah. Judy? And then she feels like maybe the mom might have been the same way for her daughter, Alice, mm-hmm. who died. I didn't understand what that meant. Like, what does that mean to not give yourself wholly? Like, to, not wholly as in spiritual wholly, like yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand that. Like, Laura, did you... I think it's generational. I think that is a common complaint of, I mean, even people in our generation, but I think probably our parents' generation. I mean, I know my parents talk about this, like their parents weren't, God, I don't even know how to, this is like real open deep, or they weren't or like, that great of parents. And like the intention was good, but they, yeah, they weren't fully there. I mean, they just were like, they're, you do they're, you and they're there to feed you and give you a home and like that's it yeah it's not, yeah our, our our generation is like the first generation that's really fully like you know emotionally invested you know affectionate yes. showing and affection we communicate yeah i mean yeah. I, I still joke to this day with my dad my dad is completely like that so i'll hug him in public just to make him uncomfortable you know <laughs> what i mean because he doesn't like it you know what i mean and be like dad give me a hug you know and like creepily hug him you know and like kiss him on the cheek you know but it's like that their generation 100%. is not like that it was not like yeah. that you know and it's so sad because they clearly are self-aware enough to yes, know that's what I'm getting at. yeah that this is a problem, but it was probably the way that grandma was raised. Like, well, you don't do this. Like if you're going to have a daughter, she's probably expected to do a, B and C and you need to train her to do that. And like, that's what she's there for. And that's what you're there for. And that's what she Mm. did. And then the mom was in that middle generation. where like, 
she that's how she was raised that's how she's going to treat her daughter but she was probably very Mm self-conflicted because knowing like oh man i wish i i wish i had a like closer relationship with my daughter i wish that her and i talked more and communicated more and could share more but it probably just wasn't that's not how she was raised so in her mind it's like oh that's taboo you don't do that yeah you can almost see like the unexpected pain you know of course it's just acting right but her facial movements and her expression when she's reading Alice's diary and how she's, you know, she has that foreboding dream about standing at the foot of the bed and that sense of dread. Her like contortions in her face, just reading that, it was almost like she could never expect that her daughter was going through this and almost like discovering it too late. You could just see that pain in her face. And it's just, I think it kind of ties into this whole thing about the disconnect with, with like the, you know, the motherly disconnect with the daughters. Yeah. 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 I mean, you also have to think the daughter was 16, right? 16 when when yeah. she passed away. So it's like, I mean, what teenager wants to really associate with their parents at that age? You you have that coming to you. I know me personally, when I was 16, I wanted nothing to do with my parents. It wasn't honestly until I was into my 30s that I really like saw like everything. You really click in like your 30s, like whether it's career wise or emotionally or relationship wise or really looking back on my upbringing of like, oh, well, my parents were actually really good parents. I just didn't care back then. You know, and you really sit down with them being like, wow, you guys are really good. We had good conversations about, you know, my my upbringing that I just I thought was garbage. But looking back, you know, with a different perspective, when you're older, you have a life experience. It changes. I mean, sadly, in this movie, she passes when she's 16. They don't have that time to maybe fix what's probably going to happen in the next 10 to 15 years with their relationship. You know what I mean? Um, But it's just crazy. But I think that's what it is, Greg, with the mom and the grandma and just generationally with them just they never connected because it's just not how they were raised yeah that that always that moment surprised me in the movie just because i associate you know like the the female relationship and families is more emotional and open I, if mm. anything i would expect like the dad to not have that connection which it seemed like the dad and and the the brother actually were the ones that had a more positive open relationship you know with yeah. um, alice so that was very fascinating to me to, to see that But regardless, it's so sad because something very tragic happens to Alice before she even dies. Like she is caught up in something. I don't know if we're there yet, if I'm allowed to say, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's like they uncover the secret that she's been keeping and they all don't quite react the way you think you would react. Like if Mm -hmm. you found out about this with your own child, you would be freaking hysterical, either Mm. angry or crying or what have you. But it's almost like they knew, oh, man, well, that's not something we talk about in this Mm. house. And Mm. it's what made it even more sad was that we get to see interviews with Alice before she passes. And I felt like, and this is all acting, obviously, because this is not real, but she clearly, I think, wanted to talk about this like it was Mm -hmm. really upsetting her but her parents or maybe mom specifically they weren't emotionally available for that so she had to carry this with herself and it just adds to this movie and why i think this movie is maybe maybe it's a horror movie but it's just fucking sad yes it's just like it's a really sad movie (laughs) 
it is it it is super depressing like it's, yeah and i don't think you really get it until the very end of the movie when it really like to me hits home of like oh shit like what yeah. like like i put in my notes like you know very like uh very babadook very like hereditary like just family drama grief having to deal with like this yeah. and you know how, how to move on from a tragic event and, mm-hmm. and you know then you throw in like spirits and ghosts and and this and that but um yeah yeah i, I mean it, it's crazy i mean yeah i mean we can get into now like you said laura the 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 brothers faking the first uh, three videos i believe it is and you know i thought it was pretty cool how he show, show us that he did it you know i'm like oh well wow, that's pretty ingenuitive um, and his reasoning was, if I'm not mistaken, because the mom wasn't accepting that she was dead yet. So he was doing this so they would exhume the body. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like he wanted her to to fight for them to exhume the body, to do the test so that everyone could just like move on. Everybody can move on. Right? But then, of, of course, right. The he kind of admits on camera that he probably made it worse. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. there was that line by the dad that really just kind of hit me how he was, he was saying, Oh, well now I'm kind of second guessing myself, right. Whether or not I identified yeah. my own daughter yeah. and he goes, you know what? I, in that moment, I just, I wish it was really anyone else's kid that died. Just, mm. just not mine. That brutal honesty in that yeah. line just slapped me in the face. That was so like as parents, it's such an evil thing to say oh anyone else's kid that died but you kind of feel that because it's just you want your you would want your child back so that was just yeah that was tough and you could tell it was triggered by kind of this whole charade of of the son kind of bringing a flicker of hope back into Mm -hmm. the situation yeah right yeah yeah i mean i mean beyond that they pretty much they think it's done they think like all right he faked it you know the evidence is their dna it's her it's her body she's gone she's passed uh then you got uh we got the what the psychic guy ray i mean he was brought in earlier in the movie uh to deal with you know kind of what's going on in the house uh he had a couple of sessions with the mom that's when she does the the dream you're talking about greg where the the daughter is you know at the foot of her bed and wet and this and that uh, then you have Ray and 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 the liar go go with him. You know, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> you know just why. hate this kid. I, I love just, it. I just don't know why they, they, he didn't like get in trouble. Like, the, the, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess if it's a documentary, you're not going to show the real behind the scenes footage of the dad like beating the shit out of him. Of like, <laughs> how could you do this to your well, mother? Like, it's so fucked up what he did. Um, it is, but they, but they, you can tell they've they accept that this is one of the ways that you know he he's coping with it like everyone yeah ha- everyone coping. has like yes. everyone has their own way of doing it right like the dad's is more yeah. of an avoidance type right like he's distracting himself he said oh, i'm just gonna focus on my job and my work he's almost like you know if you look at the stages of grief or whatever he's kind of like the denial like he doesn't even think about it it's out of sight out of mind i'm just gonna focus with my work the mom she was saying oh you know i'm gonna embrace it i'm gonna walk around the neighborhood you know she seeks therapy <laughs> she looks into this psychic i, I don't know so she's taking a different approach but then this guy the 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 kid he gets into like photography and he's using it almost to like you know uh just bring some hope back so this is like his way of doing it and i feel like the family is like you know what he had a good relationship with her some of the friends were saying oh i uh no it was actually ray the psychic who was oh i think um the 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 brother is might be affected the most or someone said that yeah so you have to kind of just give him i don't know some room unfortunately yeah. to act out yeah. in some way yeah i mean two things about how they they grieve i mean the mom 
wandering the streets at night. Laura, are you laughing because she said she wanders in other people's homes? Yeah, and the fact that they just are like, <laughs> yeah, they moved on Whatever. from that yeah. point. I know like exactly. That wasn't right? even a thing compared to everything that happens. Yeah, that yeah, this, also this, happens. Yeah, this kid's a compath. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what is pathological it? liar? Pathological liar. The mom's breaking and entering. Like, what is happening in this household? Like, I just thought it was so weird to be like, wait, what do you do? You just wander into people's homes because you want to have a different life. Like, nobody followed up with that. I just like, go in there in the middle of the night because I just want to escape my world it's like bitch if i was your neighbor and you showed up in my house middle of the night yeah i would stab you i'd be so scared (laughs) oh i thought that was so weird too Uh, but another thing they talked about too was the or they didn't even talk about was the brother had like all these bruises on his body before Mm. you knew that the video was was fake so you assume like it's the spirit doing it or something but then when he reveals that he doctored the videos like they never come back to the bruises. My thing was like, what do you guys think? Like, was he doing that to himself? Or do you think maybe that was real? Because we kind of do find out that there really is a spirit. I think it's halfway in between everything you're saying. I think it's when he went out to the area where she, where like all that uh, footage was filmed. Yeah. The, the lake. Mm-hmm. And he was like creeping around where all those other mm-hmm. people got the footage. Mm-hmm. And he was, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I bruise super easily. Like mm. I, daily, I walk into a doorway or wall and I get a new bruise. I, I'll hit my knee on the bed frame. <laughs> like I, it's just, it's every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I were to walk around some outdoor location like that, I would have been covered in bruises too. So that's my theory. <laughs> yeah. You don't think you're just like, yeah, there's why are you both laughing at me right now? I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's the, it's the, you're using the rationale. I mean, like, I guess he didn't say that to his doctor. I bruise easily. Yeah. I've said that to my doctor though. And they're like, uh, are you sure your husband and you are doing okay? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. You're not, you're not just, Laura's not just Miss, Mrs. Magoo wandering into walls and stuff like that. You know, nothing. Dude, I, I always walk and like clip my shoulder every doorway. <laughs> All the time. That's kind of weird, Laura. I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. You're so yeah. tiny. Why are you knocking into things? Oh, man. I do your limbs. I think I have like happening. weird vertigo or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we don't know what's happening to this kid he doesn't have vertigo uh he, but he has a shit ton of bruises on him and i don't know when they show the photo of all the bruises i don't think it was from walking through the bushes down under i don't think it was anything like that i mean they're like in his armpits and shoulders and chest and what, what do you think Greg? how could he do that to himself though? i think he did it to himself i mean he's punching well, how himself? punching his armpits no what? You, you take an object and you hit yourself with it mm. you don't laura you don't know people will act out in weird ways in you know unusual ways when they're grieving this was before he had taken up photography right so maybe he figured this is not a tenable mm-hmm. um outlet for my mm-hmm. uh, frustration and, and my sadness so i'm going to get into photography and kind of uh, you know pivot how i feel about this whole situation because oh, you remember the doctor was like oh then randomly uh, the bruises r- resolve themselves and yeah. there's no explanation. So that's right when he got into photography. Mm. Yeah, it's really hitting me right now how this could be affecting him more. Not only was he close to his sister and he is equally grieving the loss of his sister as his parents are their daughter, but he's also now lost a lot of attention. And I hate to admit that, but mm. that does play a factor. Oh, like, Oh, I hadn't even thought you know, about th- that. They're just grieving the daughter mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any attention. And so like, yeah, self-harm, that kind of brings attention back to him. They're worried about point. him. Mm. That's, oh, why he didn't, that's why he didn't put on chapstick on his lips because he wanted attention. 
wanting to some someone to come by. He comes down for breakfast with like bloody lips, like, "Hey, mom, what's for breakfast?" Hey. She's like, way, "What the hell, Rob?" Since since you mentioned the chapped lips, man, I don't know if it's like a phobia. I've been, I feel like my lips are starting to get chapped now. I've been reapplying this chapstick for like every five minutes now. Greg's worried I'm going to do another uh, graining gears drop and be like, "Greg, your lips are bugging me, man." I think you like you hit me with the, a curse or something. Yeah, a lip curse. I think I got you, man. I think I got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, beyond that, you have you have uh, you have Ray. You have a uh, lip boy, bruise boy, lying boy. They go on a little trip. They leave the cameras behind, uh, you know, coincidence, uh, but they leave them behind filming. And then you get, I guess, real footage now uh, of uh, what is it? Alice, right? Alice, mm-hmm. like, again, creepily standing in like the dining room. Is it a dining room? I think it is. She's just kind of creepily standing. She's there. everywhere, man. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. She's, no, she's she was cre- in the bedroom. She was in the bedroom. And she's in the bedroom. You have the one yeah. where she's like super close to the camera and it's all pixelated with her face, you know, which is a creepy one, too, I think. Uh, I think that's the one where you're like, oh, shit, that is her. That's her face. Uh, what do you guys think when they had that now a double reveal? Uh, you know what I mean? A double twist of like it isn't it is now it's back to like it is, guys. It's creepy. What do you think, Laura? You know, it was still scary. I don't feel like anything really changed because I think even when we found out that the brother was doing this, you were like, okay, the movie is still going. There's still quite a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, Like there's, there's still something. So it's almost like you as the viewer knew like, okay, you did this. We're just Mm going to shove that aside because we also know that she's still there. Mm. You know, that's That's kind of how I thought. In fact, if anything, the more I think about it, I'm very annoyed by this. I I feel like this movie had a lot of, interesting ideas and it tried to pack them all in but only half of them like developed into a story that we Mm. followed and Mm -hmm. then the other half like the mom walking into houses and the brother doing this it was just like okay (laughs) like we just move on yeah Yeah, this was the part of the movie where when they found the footage after they had left and they left the cameras behind this is where i started to get a little bit frustrated and a little bit like getting antsy Mm. in my chair like all right, let's pick it up, guys. How many oh, videos are we going to see? Oh, this movie's very slow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest negatives of this movie is the slow pacing. So at that point, Greg, you're just like, I want to know what's happening now. I'm tired yeah. of like being Yeah, tripped. like I'm I'm into the I'm into the, the documentary at this point. But then at, at that point, when they actually get more footage, you're like, okay, you guys are buying into this when he just demonstrated – that he's capable of faking footage. Yeah, he left, but he could have done something else too. I mean, I don't know. That's, you know, you're sitting in your chair and you're willing to go so far with the movie with something. Fortunately, they didn't, they didn't drag this point on too long before mm-hmm. the next major events happen. Yeah. That brings me to my next question. Greg, do you like threesomes? Oh, <laughs> you know what? Those seem like, uh, you know, uh, uh, like, like they're like strip clubs. I think like guys, pro- uh, you know, imagine that that's mm. something that they want, but it's, yeah. it's just the worst. It's gotta be the worst idea ever. The worst idea. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, no comment. No comment, Laura. Jesus Christ. Well, uh, I, it, God, I hate to admit, but I had to watch this scene twice because the mm. first time I watched it, no, oh, uh-huh, not like that. Uh-huh. The first time I watched it, I like my husband was watching it, but not really watching it. He was just like peeking in and out. And at that point, I was like, holy shit, she's being raped. And he's kind of watching it. He's like, I don't think so. And I was like, no, this was not consensual. And I was Mm. flipping the fuck out. So then I had to rewatch it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, she 
it mm-hmm. was consensual. She was either way. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible, yeah. horrible, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible, but it definitely, it's, yeah, it's just sad. You know what? It's just sad. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, I won't, make any, more, I won't make any more jokes. Okay. I won't make any yeah. more jokes. No, it's, it's just okay. very sad because clearly <laughs> even if it was consensual at the time, she has regrets. That's why she hides the tape. That's why the neighbors move. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it is super creepy when, so what, what really happens and leads up to this, this reveal is the uh. mom, the mom starts questioning things again of like, Oh my God, there, maybe there is a ghost. So she goes back through all the footage and she finds in the video of the door frame <laughs> ghost, that there's like a face in the daughter's room and she it's like it's again it's pixelated it's creepy and, but she's able to distinguish it's their neighbor mr toony or toomey or whatever Toonie, his name is yeah. you know and being like why would he be in the daughter's room you know so then the mom i think knows about a secret hiding spot the daughter had she goes in there finds the tape and that's when you get into what's on the tape and this and I, I mean i'm with you laura it's like i mean i was trying to think of this too like she was 16 when she died there's no timestamp of when this took place. Either way, she's underage. Right. You know what I mean? Even though it's consensual, it still is like. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah she's, it doesn't, she's young. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's another thing. It's just like, oh, man, like I didn't want to see that. And it's just like, no. it, and, and kind of like you're talking about, Greg, at this point in the movie for you, you're kind of checking out because you're like, give me something else. And then you get this. Like, what do you think, Greg, when you get this part of the movie? It's. It's shocking and you're definitely not expecting it. No. And it, and it does, but it does add another layer mm-hmm. um, of, of mystery um, because it's weird because it, obviously you have like the, it's the neighbors and it's like a couple. So clearly the, the wife and husband couple, you know, like manipulated her as their babysitter, probably in some way, you know, or, or coerced her into like this. But then you also realize through the discussions through the documentary and in interviewing all the different family members that they just accepted that there was a, a secret part of her life that she never divulged to them. So their reactions were like horrified, mm-hmm. but yeah. they, none of them really seemed I, surprised in, in a weird way because mm-hmm. I, of course they were surprised, but the way that they were responding to the questions, it was like, you know, this is horrific. I would kill the guy if I saw him, you know, down the street or, or what have you. But then they all just kind of resigned to, well, she had a lot of secrets and we didn't know about it. And it's just, you know, regret- regrettable that we um, we just didn't have like a, a platform to talk about it, you know, with her. Yeah. And that's and that's a lot of the biggest part of this movie now, too, is you get into this whole like, you know, like, who was she? You know what I mean? Like everybody's presenting her to be. You know, super happy and cheerful and all the photos and videos they're showing of her at the beach and happy with her friends. And then, like, you get this and and, and what she's dealing with later on with, you know, what she sees. And it's like you really underneath nobody knows. Nobody knows what was going on. And honestly, you're never going to know these things. Like you're saying, Greg, you know, you kind of painted it as like this couple coerced her to do this. We don't know that. Nobody knows that other than these three people. Maybe she she was the one that initiated this. You don't we don't know this, you know, and it's just it's really interesting to think like, like I said, the biggest part of this movie is like nobody knows really what's underneath uh, what's happening behind the scenes here. And that's for a lot of people. Everybody can put on a face, put on and present what they want to present. But behind the scenes, only you know what's going on internally and, and to you. I mean, and what do you think, Laura? 
Yeah, I still am sticking to my theory that these parents knew that they probably didn't raise her in an environment where it was safe to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. So when they're confronted with this horrible information, of course, on the you know documentary, they're going to be like, oh, she clearly had secrets. They know that like, did I give them an environment where she could be like, yeah. hey, I'm in this situation? Of course not. Like, I'll, I'll be real. My husband has stories where he's like, look at in my childhood, I was not allowed to talk about this and this and this and this. And it was never told to me. It was just assumed from a yeah. very early age. And mm-hmm. like, you don't talk about this. So there are things from his life that he just doesn't know because he's like, oh, we were just weren't allowed to say anything like that. It all had to be happy. You know, you couldn't just come to the table and be like, I'm having this problem. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that was just screamed to me by the way the family held themselves during the interview process. Yeah. And that just goes back to like, we talked about with the mom and daughter relationship It's generational. Like, I, I think I had the same exact upbringing as your husband. Like, You know, we didn't really get into a lot of emotions or behind the scenes or or certain topics. You know, it's just like we did our daily lives. And if something great happened, we talk about that. If something bad happened, push it down. Don't worry about it. You know, it'll go away someday. You know, but our generation is the first generation where it's like, man, I'm fucking annoyed or this is annoying or fuck this shit. You know, and we talk about everything. I mean, me and my Mm -hmm. wife were just talking the other day, especially coming off this pandemic of like everybody has a therapist now. Everybody's talking to somebody, you know, because we need it. You have to talk about things. If you just bottle everything up, one, you're going to blow. And and usually if you do, it's not on yourself. It's on significant other friends, family, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just generationally, you know, therapy was looked at like, what? You're going to therapy? Like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it kind of goes back and it's super interesting. This movie, as much as this movie, it's like a ghost movie. This is a ghost movie, everybody, but it's so much about, it's so much about grief and like generational upbringings and like dealing with things and communicating. And it's just super fascinating. It's it's super fascinating what you get out of this. You know, there's now that you guys are talking about this, I'm actually starting to question that story that the dad told about seeing the ghost of his daughter for the first time he goes into her room he sees her just sitting on the chair and she turns at him and she screams get out Mm -hmm. right and he leaves i'm wondering if he made that up because imagine if the ghost if he saw the ghost of his daughter and she's warm and welcoming then it almost paints him in the in the light of well if she was so open and welcoming to you then how did you not know about her secret past so i think yeah. by if he fabricated the story that okay look even the ghost of my daughter is screaming at me to get out of her mm-hmm. face then that kind of like lets him off the hook of you know maybe you know, of feeling like he wasn't a bad dad for not knowing about this dark past i don't know yeah. it's interesting yeah it, it's it's super deep it it's like a lot going on here you know what i mean uh but let's move on a bit let's move on a bit in the movie uh pretty much what she else she finds and this is another big thing too is she finds the journal she finds the journal i think we've already talked about it a bit uh it talks about she actually visited the psychic guy before oh. anybody knew about it which i mean I, why he didn't divulge that you know that's kind of fucked up i yeah. and, and this is what i'm about <laughs> to say is super fucked up please no one judge me but wasn't that almost a more shocking that was huge discovery than the threesome 
you're just like no <laughs> like he's we, we need no an expert to, to weigh in here if what he's mm. saying has any truth to it like because he's citing confidentiality agreement but that does that still apply to the deceased I don't. I have no idea. But it does seem like he could clearly couldn't predict she was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. aren't you a fucking psychic? Uh, what? <laughs> I know you're you a know? psychic, or are you just a well, documentary? He's more like a medium, I think. Mm. That's probably. I true. don't know, man. It, yeah. That to me, that was like that was very. That was actually very this, shocking. Yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> and he was so casual about it too. He was like, oh, and she came to see me six months before she died, and it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, yeah. I was, more, I was more shocked about the threesome, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on camp threesome, hashtag threesome. I'm on that camp. Camp threesome, <laughs> nice. Real nice. It's next to Lake Mungo. It's the other, <laughs> other vacation spot. Uh, I think it might be in the Bahamas. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, her her interviews are super creepy because that's when you're really getting into her talking about like, you know, like, I think I'm going to die. I think technically I've already died and it's catching up to me. It's like super like, holy shit, like really fucked up. And I think she talks about her her vision, I guess you would call it, where she's walking into the house and. She sits down at her her room, her her desk in her room, and then her mom walks in, but she doesn't like hear her or recognize her, and and all this stuff gets paid off at the end of this movie, which is freaking fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the only other thing she finds in that journal after that, after the you know the psychic guy, is uh, she finds Lake Mungo written in the journal multiple times. So uh, she just remembers the daughter coming back and pretty much being like, "Hey, I had a great time," but. She thinks there's something maybe more that happened there. Um, then you have the the boyfriend. I think it's the boyfriend of her um, who who also didn't seem that surprised. She had a threesome with the neighbors when they did his interview, which uh, I thought was a, maybe a little underacting in that part. Um, <laughs> he should have been yeah. like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Right. Um, but uh, he, he gives the mom cell phone footage uh, of whatever happened at that lake. They have some videos. Um, Laura, do you want to go over maybe what those videos were? Yeah. So, you know, the boyfriend and like the best friend give the family um, really old cell phone footage video. But we get this very choppy video at night. And um, they kind of start off with saying that it's a common place for like teenagers or even school field trips to go to this place. And it's in... um, it's not a part of Australia. I, I forget exactly where. Uh, South Wales. South Wales. Thank you. Yeah. And it's basically a lake that's been dried up for quite some time. So really, it's just sand dunes, which is pretty neat. It, it, you know, visually, it's very an interesting place to go and camp. And so that's clearly what she did with her boyfriend and friends. And in this video, it's kind of chaotic, like they're having a great time. These kids are partying. They're having fun. But she is very distressed. Um, she's either away from the group. She's off like in the darkness with her phone flashlight doing something. Or she's with the group, but she just either is very quiet or looks very just upset. Um, and so that leads them to think like something is up here, you know. Uh, oh, and it was on the, the other person's footage. You can see that she may have buried something. Right. She's kind of off in the distance. Um, she's got her cell phone light and she, it looks like she's burying something, but it's really hard to tell. Yeah, you know? I, couldn't, I couldn't make out anything. 
I, I couldn't make out anything either. Yeah, they were so they, video experts. Uh, thank God this, they like, were like, oh, I, it looks like she buried something. We should go there and check it out. Like, okay, sure. I'm along for the ride. I, I couldn't tell what she was doing. So. I know. I'm like, are you sure? Like, if I can only see his darkness, I don't know what's happening right now. I yeah, I think I, I think I still framed it too at a couple moments. It's like a Nokia, a Nokia something phone. Uh, that's oh, the phones they were using God. back then. Yeah. I, I didn't even know those were capable of video recording, to be honest with you. They look like you just play Tetris on them. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So they, they, they think that, or they, they think that something was buried. They go out there. I thought it was stupid that they're like, we don't want to go during the day. Let's go at night. I'm like, I would have went during the day. I'm not fucking going to go out there at night. It's fucking creepy. You know? Uh, so they find the bag and it's in it is her cell phone. What is it? Her bracelet and her uh, watch. And her watch. And in the moment before we did our horrorish question, I was trying to think like, why would you leave the watch there? And why would you leave like that? I was confused. I mean, now talking more to you guys about the horrorous question of like, oh, she's actually leaving it because she does want it found. I was with, I think me and you, Greg, were more like she was hiding it because she didn't want this found. Right, Greg? Yeah, this is, I, I'm kind of like on the fence now between the two because I feel like if that were me, the phone is the only piece of evidence that you have of this haunting, right? And I don't know, maybe the bracelet has something to do with it. I, if, if I'm going to bury this in the ground, I'm doing it in order to like get to ward off the bad juju or the, the evil ghost. I cleanse myself of this, right? I'm going to leave it where I found it. I encountered this ghost at this site. I'm going to leave this shit here and it's mm. going to stay here, right? So that's, that's plan that's A. True. But plan B is going to be okay, well, if it does happen to follow me and my fate is to die, I'm still preserving it so that Mm. people, you know, my family can uh, see exactly how I died. So maybe it's actually both. I think the answer is maybe both Mm. of those. You know, like, uh, you know, her dad said something also, which I don't know. He said something like uh, she did it out of a ritual. She accepted her fate. So she's leaving it Mm. there. I think that's maybe the least. I agree with that. You do? I I agree with that. I think she's like, dude i finally saw it i knew it was coming this is what's happening but then why did she return so happy because yeah she was raised in an environment where you don't talk about anything anything right right. so she had to have this burden alone and you know it's interesting because to have like a mom or parents but more specifically a mom not really notice a lot she definitely was like, I noticed right when she returned that she didn't have the watch. We just got her mm. that she was excited about and phone, but, and the bracelet, which was like her favorite bracelet. So like, mm. why else would she leave something where even the mom is like, that's really odd. Those are like who you are. That's part of you. Like, how yeah. could you have just lost all of that and like not care? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm so confused about why. <laughs> This. And honestly, what would like, you do, Rob? If you saw uh, the ghost of yourself and it was clearly you knew it was your future self coming to tell you that you're going to die. It was, it was me eating nachos. Yeah. Yeah. She's got you know, this nacho cheese all nacho over. Cheese. Yeah. I was like, like I knew seven. it. I knew, I knew I went down like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, to be honest with you, I, I'm more in the camp of like, she's trying to ward off the juju. Like, she's putting it in the bag. She takes off everything. I would have stripped down naked. I would have taken off all my clothes, everything, and being like, this You're is like, all- I would have set a fire and burned myself. And <laughs> you I'm gonna cut your that. hair, leave your hair on the site. Yeah. <laughs> everything uh, is cursed. My whole body is cursed. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking everything <laughs> off. I'm running off into the desert nude. Yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm in, I, 
I, I'm more in that camp of like the juju-ness. I'm trying to get the juju-ness off me. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. That That's where I am. Uh, I don't know though. But uh, Laura, you're saying more of like. Well, this yeah. is what makes sense in the story. Would I have done this? No. I did, if I, I did, saw my sense? own ghost, oh, okay. I would have actually died in that moment of fear. <laughs> just with my phone, clothes, with my bracelet and wallet. Like whatever. Like it just. None of this would. I wouldn't have just gone and buried some shit, you know. Mm -hmm. Either I would have died at that moment, Mm -hmm. or I myself would have run back and told everybody and their mother and their brother, (laughs) like this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I have to just try to assume what she's doing based on the knowledge I have of like Mm -hmm. her dynamic with her family and like the fact that she shares nothing and yeah. However you slice it, I feel like this. We can all agree, right, that when they introduced – like the whole time, it, I think I came in with the presumption that Lake Mungo was the lake that she drowned in at the beginning Me of the movie, too. right? So that's yeah. another like red herring, right? So when they actually introduced Lake Mungo and it's actually not a real lake and it's this, um, this was actually a pretty good boost to the plot. You know, like, forget about why she buried the stuff, you know, or what it all means. I felt like – when they introduced that and they went to go find where she buried stuff, I was like, ooh, okay, I got closer. It felt like an unsolved mystery case at that point. I was, like, reeled into this this particular scene. Yeah, because yeah, this is the scene that ties everything together. Yeah. This is the scene that makes you realize why she was acting the way she did. Why she was so maybe, maybe you know, separated from her family. Why maybe she had the threesome. Maybe that's why she did it to cope with this. She wanted to feel something other than fear. I don't know. But mm-hmm. this this scene, and we haven't even talked about the scene yet. Uh, do one, <laughs> Greg, do you want to describe the scene itself of actually the, the phone footage of the, you know, the creepy ghost? Uh, Alice's phone. Yeah, yeah. she didn't have she didn't have nachos, but yeah, right. They they take the phone back home and they they plug it in because obviously the battery's dead. And you're watching the video on the cell phone itself. And as they're narrating it, you can see she's walking down a, a trail at night, and then you see a sort of a, a a dim light off of the distance coming closer. And as it gets closer, you see that it's actually her deceased bloated self that you saw at the beginning of the movie when she was drowned and the dad instantly recognizes it he goes that's her yeah she and he believes he's that she saw the ghost of herself and it comes at you and it's really creepy because it pauses on the the face and then it flashes back to the cadaver from the beginning of the movie and mm-hmm. when you when you do that flashback you can confirm it's this, it's definitely like the same mm-hmm. person. But then when they flash back to the footage, then they, they play it and it lunges at yeah. the camera. Yeah. And this is literally mm-hmm. the only jump scare in the movie. Oh, but it was so effective. Total it jump scare. Totally I jumped got out me. of my seat. I yep. felt like a up. heat radiating wow. from the center of my heart when that happened. Yeah. It's got a little noise too. It's like, yeah. Like, oh, wow. That was fucked. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't know it got you guys. I don't think it got me when I was watching it, but uh, mm. that's crazy. It got you guys. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. It, it's super fucked up looking. It's not. And, and this is the thing I was talking about earlier in this movie of like, this movie does such a great job of like that balance of like realness and, and fiction. Like it could have been like a goblin been like, you know what I mean? Like super over the top. And it was literally like what a deceased corpse would look like. You know what yeah. I mean? So even though it lunges at you, 
and it's like, oh, wow, that's fucking creepy. In my mind, still, I'm like, that fucking could be real. That fucking looked pretty real to me. You know what I mean? And on a Nokia phone. Yeah. Yeah. Looked real on a Nokia phone. Yeah. Fucking the whatever 2007 Nokia phone one edition or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. I, I mean, beyond that, you know, beyond that now. I think it jumps like six months now. It seems like the family is fucking, they've come to terms with she's dead. She's gone now. They know not why she died, but kind of what happened. They've solved all the mysteries. The fucking Toomeys are gone. Nobody ever found them again. Um, And then they're packing up the home. They're packing up the home. They're getting ready to leave. I I probably would leave too, to be honest with you. If you're in that situation, you had a child die in there in that home. I probably would leave too. You want a fresh start? Seems like everything's hunky dory. Everything's everything's happy, ready to go. Um, and then Laura, do you want to talk? Do the ending, Laura, of this movie? Yeah. Well, at the very end, you know, they've been uh, they haven't been speaking to the the psychic, the medium Ray, because they were really mad at him. But enough time has passed, and they feel like they understand what happens, as you said, Rob. And so the psychic asks if they if he could come visit and they say, okay, enough time has passed, but we're kind of over it. That's fine. And he has a final consultation with the mom and what they do. And this is so rad, but they, Mm -hmm. they play it in unison with the consultation with Alice and both Alice and the mom, June are having the exact same vision. You know, they do the same exercise. He walks everyone through the same thing, but they're going through the house and it's exactly the same situation, mm-hmm. except for Alice. She's in her room. She's looking at her mom. Her mom doesn't see her. The mom is going into her daughter's room. Her daughter's not there. She leaves. And so that's kind of your answer, your ending. And another stab in the heart because yeah. you know that Ray knew this, but like hmm. didn't communicate it, oh, didn't try to stop it, didn't yeah. oh, anything. Wow. I didn't even think about that. But, you know, you're just, you've been along for the ride with the family this whole time. And they are moving out of their home. They're moving on. But they leave the cameras rolling. They're like still documenting their life. And from the images we see, you know, post credits, there is fucking Alice still hovering over them in all of these scenes. And it's is just this like. this in their new home? Wait, I thought this yeah. was all. No, I, I, okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I took, oh, okay, well, well, first of all, you're not even talking about the ending shot. The ending shot of the movie is they're standing in front of the home, all packed up and ready to go, you know, living their new life. And then the camera pans over to the house and she's still in and the she's house. She's there. To yeah. me, to me, that was super heartbreaking to be like, and, and I get it, you know, you need to move on. You need yeah. to get past your grief. But the, the, the daughter that you're, you're moving on from, it has nowhere to go. She's still there. To me, yeah. that was super heartbreaking. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, what after that, what you're talking about, I think me and Greg are on the same wavelength here is, to me, what you get is the credits start rolling. Then they start showing you footage from, I I take all the, the footage, all the movie, not what's happening later. This is showing you now that she was there through the whole movie, not right. she's following them. That's true. The only scene that seemed like it was after was the birthday party. Mm-hmm. That seemed like it was a later shot, like they had moved on and to show that like she was still there. But then they went back to the other mm-hmm. shots that you'd seen throughout the movie and it, she was there. Yeah. Even in the shots that he fabricated, mm-hmm. no one was looking to the far right. And sure enough, 
there she was the whole time actually in that image. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, I don't know, for some reason, the birthday one I just took is like they had a birthday in the time frame that after she passed. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it after the fact. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But, but it, could it, be. It, it's super it's super fucking eerie to relive yeah. all these images and to see she's there through all of them. She's always yeah. been there. It's yeah. super crazy. Uh, what do you think of like the ending, Greg? The creepy eeriness of her always being there? Yeah, it's just I, I, I took it as, you know, because you're looking at photos, you have to imagine that the ghost of her is actually there. But I took it more metaphorical, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you could say. Like there was a really weird line that the mom says um, like toward the end of the movie, like leading up to this where – after Lake Bungo, she said something like, after hearing about the Tuies, their neighbors, and Ray, um, the fact that he had seen her, and then the whole Lake Bungo incident, she said the house was very different, and it was very calm, hmm. which was a, such a weird thing to say, like... You know, although I kind of I, I can understand that, I, you know, I you know, you read about people who are taking care of like terminally, you know, uh, ill family members. And as much as they are sad to see them leave, there is always some type of like weight lifted when they go. Right. And I think this was like the weight, like understanding how she died and why she died. And, you know, even I think we, we've discussed the parents are probably complicit in, in some of this too. The fact that they didn't give her a platform to communicate with what was going on, but still knowing what had happened and not that she just disappeared and died, I think um, gave her and, and gave the family a little bit of, I don't know, maybe closure is the, the wrong yeah. word, but mm-hmm. um but the fact that, yeah, they have that to move out, you know, but at the same time, this kind of reminds me of the Babadook. You, you don't just get rid of it, right? So the ghost is always there. It's just kind of lingering in the background and, mm. um, you know, just kind of hanging around and the residual presence is always going to be there. So that's that's, that's kind of so how sad. I took it. It's, it is super sad. Yeah. 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 Because I was talking to my wife about the ending and being like, like it hit me at the very end of like, oh man, like what a depressing, sad ending. Like, like yeah. you, you, you think like, you know, whatever you believe religion wise of like, she's in a better place. She's in heaven. She's, she's wherever she is. You know what I mean? And you can move on. But then like that shot of her, like just sitting, standing in the house. I was like, oh no, like, no, don't still be in the house. Be somewhere else. You know? I know. Like um, she's already been through a lot. And why does yeah. she not have peace after this? It almost seems like she was hoping they would know everything. Yeah. And they find peace after knowing everything, but like she's still stuck. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm going with Greg. I'm going to say it's, it's uh, metaphorical and it's just like talking about grief and it's always going to be with them. It's not literally she's trapped in the home forever. Sure. We'll, we'll yeah. say that to make ourselves feel <laughs> yeah. better so we can sleep tonight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I was going to ask you guys after watching this movie with all the photos, video stuff, are you ever going to look at a photo the same way again? I know for me right now, I looked at a photo today and I was like, look, I was analyzing the background. I was oh, like, what's no. in the background? What's in the bushes? Is there somebody standing there? Like, it just changes the way I look at photos right now. Either of you guys like that? No. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, I was it, very heavy on that, but. Or was like, you're a moron. <laughs> I, li- I literally like was scared when I watched this movie and then mm. I went to bed and woke up and like reset mm. and I've taken pictures. That's it. And- 
Yeah. Nothing. All right. Well, uh, one of these times you take your picture, I'm going to stand in the background creepily without telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just be there. I'll, I'll be wearing Greg's uh, short circuit mask. <laughs> <the bridges>. oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty awesome. Be careful. If I die first, I'm going to haunt you with that shit. Oh, so. shit. Just bring me some nachos. I'm good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's get into Rotten Tomatoes really quickly before we do our ratings here. I found these ratings very fascinating. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes, you have a critic score of 96% of this movie. Whoa. Very high. Wow. Very high. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But then it, you look into it more. It's only 23 critics. Only 23 Ooh. critics reviewed this movie. So uh, that to me is already saying it's not a very big sample size. Um, you know, a lot of people I think loved it. Probably maybe for the same reasons we might like it. It shot very well. Acting is really good for being low budget you know things like that it's an interesting movie it's really deep um but just for comparison you know host in 2020 which we shouted out you know had 100 percent rating 88 critics which is still not that much uh baba duke from 2014 which is very similar it came out overseas then it came here to us bigger release though um 98 239 critics and then you have Funny Games, which doesn't compare to this movie, but but similar. Came out overseas, comes to the U.S. 2007 film around the same time frame, 145 critics. So it's just seeing like bigger scale. You're oh, probably wow. going to get a lower percentage. So so seeing 96 percent, maybe don't read into that too much. I would mm. say maybe go more to the audience score for this movie, because a lot of people were shouting out in the rev- in the audience reviews of like, why is this so critically acclaimed why is this 96 percent? so like when you look mm. into it though it's, it's just such a small sample size i don't know if it's very accurate um so the audience score though i think is more accurate maybe 62 percent. yeah so you're at you know a little bit over over 50 percent, which i can kind of see you know the slow pacing with this movie maybe some people didn't like that maybe some people didn't know what they were getting into being like this is all documentary like mockumentary like yeah. what the fuck is yeah. this like you right. both talked about it's not jump scary you oh. know so so a lot of that i can see balancing out this, this percentage um you know i mean i mean do you, what do you guys think as far as like the numbers go 96 critic and then like 62 audience what, what do you think greg it reminds me of La Llorona. Like they're, they're, the, it seems like whoever is looking into this movie and scoring it is looking at it in different ways, and which is I don't know, kind of the beauty of the of the horror genre, the the subjectivity, but also the complicated nature of it. Like, for example, I mean, what do you guys? I I kind of wonder how effective this story would have been if it were dramatized, and I don't know mm. if it. You know, yeah. maybe maybe they knew that they couldn't recreate it convincingly. You know, if they had some CGI and some sharp yeah. cuts and ghosts, it may, it could have been super lame. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, which is interesting. So maybe like if you have an appreciation for the fact that it was so unique and, and well executed in its uniqueness, despite how, how you felt about it, I think as like a, a, you know, maybe the critics were giving it high marks for that reason alone. Yeah. yeah. Do you kind of agree with that, Laura, as far as I go? fully agree with that? I, I totally agree. And I think as far as the numbers go, like I agree, maybe go towards the audience score, but maybe just even cut it in half. That's mm. probably more accurate, you know, both yeah. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I feel like with Rotten Tomatoes, I do that anyway. Like if there's a big gap, I kind of look in the middle like, okay, well, audiences, yes, they're more prone to complain about shit. But also I, I've learned kind of not listen to the critics all the time, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I mean, I only pulled one negative review just to kind of shout out what, you know, this uh, whatever was 40 something percent of people that didn't like this movie as far as audience scores. Uh, This is somebody that gave it one and a half stars out of five. Uh, Somebody said, uh, you know, after hearing all the great reviews of this movie, which we kind of talked about in 96 percent, I went in really high. I went in with really Mm -hmm. high hopes, but was greatly disappointed in the end. The movie is pretty slow going, didn't really care enough, uh, didn't really uh, create enough tension or suspension for me. And for a horror film, there was way too much chatter. It just really didn't do anything for me. And even though it has its moments, it's not enough to redeem it for being a pretty dull movie overall. I mean, I think that sums up all the negative reviews of this movie, whether I I kind of agree with that. I I, I I agree with the rating Mm. that they gave it, but that sentiment I'm totally on Mm. board with. Yeah. Wow. That's that's super interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I have one more. Kind of a funny review. Uh, somebody negatively uh, rated this movie. It said, uh, I promised my friends a scary movie and I no longer have friends. So <laughs> <laughs> he gave it a half a star, half a star. Uh, Francisco T. You know, pretty funny there, Francisco. Um, so let's see where we're at with this rating now. You know, I- I'm interested. I'm really fascinated to know what you guys rate this movie at seeing that you guys are kind of on par with that negative review of this movie. Um, yeah. So let's do one to five. Let's do uh, how many old ass Nokia cell phones you give in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many old Nokia cell phones are you giving this movie? Uh, what, what do you think, lore a one to five? Where are you at? I'm giving this three and a half old mm. ass Nokia cell phones. You know, I think that in that first watch, it it like I said, it is unsettling, unnerving. It's more of a mystery. I would say it's less of a yeah. horror and more of like a mystery mm-hmm. drama. And yeah, I mean, it just it does get you. It's surprising that it gets you, but it does. But I think this has zero rewatchability. I, I think you literally cannot watch this again. You would be bored to mm. tears. You'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. Y- you know, mm. it's like the first time you're watching it, you just don't have a clue what's about to unfold. But it it is a lot of talking. It is a lot. It is kind of a slow burn. And I wouldn't even say that you get a reward at the end. Usually with slow burn, you get some like big payoff. Yeah. The payoff is pretty gradual, so mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty conflicted, mm-hmm. but I think that that first watch was a three and a half because I, I was very mm-hmm. – I was a little scared and I, I was entertained, but I don't think I'll ever watch this again. I think I'd be bored. I was going to ask – I'll come to you, Greg, about your squirrel fast, but, but I do want to ask Laura real quickly. I, I was – I put it in my notes. Is this rewatchable? You know, and, and also comparing no. it to like would you rather we rewatch this Laura or Hereditary again? Hereditary. Hereditary 100%. again? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of the same sentiment in both movies. They both deal with grief. They're both fucked up. They both have fucked up endings. Um, but for you, Hereditary is still rewatchable just because it's a more of a balanced film, would you say? Yes. And there's That's just so much going on and the payoff is there. Mm-hmm. And it's way scarier than this movie too, which isn't a good thing necessarily, but you know. Interesting. What about you, Greg? Rewatchability and you can get into your score? Yeah, that's such a crazy question. As much as I was telling you guys I, I don't want to watch Hereditary, I would watch that over this. Hmm. You know, I would rewatch it. Um yeah, I'm you know, I I knew my score when I finished it the first time. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to stick with my 3.5 as well. I I definitely thought the movie was just very chilling, which is so interesting Mm -hmm. because, of course, we talk about there's no jump scares, you know, just the one. It's kind of minor, though. There's no quick cuts. It's not flashy. It's not dolled up, but it still felt very realistic. That was my Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, I... 
I've seen, like you said, uh, Rob, when you turn on the TV I, and you go to those um, channels where you they actually have these documentaries, it, this is spot on. They, they yeah. did it so well. It's very authentic, you know, from the photos to the news coverage to the – the snippets of the interviewers and how people talked about her. I mean, there's a part of that that is definitely more haunting, you know, hearing someone retell a story and then thinking in your head, oh, wow, what they're saying is true and picturing it, you know, rather than them just forcing some kind of CGI ghost down your throat and showing it to you. It's definitely interesting. Um, But, you know, that said, like, it, I, I agree with you, Laura. I feel like it doesn't really move the needle that much for you, like emotionally speaking. I mean, um, maybe that the thing is, is when you go into movies, you're kind of looking to be entertained in some way. Yes. You know, like I'm used to these heavily produced shots that draw you in as a viewer. And it's like intentionally meant to entertain you. So in the end, like this movie, I just feel kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I was impressed by the filmmaking, but it's just, just fucking sad. Yeah, so exactly. I don't, want, I don't want to feel sad. I mean, I, I, would, I would I would, take feeling horrified over mm-hmm. just feeling depressed. Sad, depressed. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to stick yeah. with my 3.5. 3.5 three, five, five, wow. old-ass Nokia phones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you guys both said that you would rather watch Hereditary again over this movie. I probably agree. You know, Hereditary, I mean... You know, as fucked up as it is, Ari Aster, a genius director, so yeah. well shot. I mean, visually, it's stunning. Um, right. But to be honest with you, this movie creeped me out more than Hereditary. What? <laughs> no, 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 yes, yes, no. Yes, this did. This did. Oh, you are so high. I can't <laughs> handle it. Oh, I'm my just, God, man. I'm, I'm high on I'm high on I'm high on Pino. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what's it called? That's- <laughs> Jesus no, I, oh. I've, I've talked multiple times through this episode, you guys, of like how real this feels. Like this feels real. I fully believe in ghosts and spirits and all that shit. You know what I mean? So like this, this really hits me as like, fuck, this is real. If I'm ever going to see a fucking ghost, a, an apparition chilling in a fucking mirror, walking through a doorway, it's this. It's not fucking hereditary where fucking the mom is Spider-Man climbing on the walls. Like it's not that. It's this shit. And this is what gets me. You know, no, you're shaking your head, Greg. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Laura, we we could agree with Rob, but then we'd all three be wrong. So I yeah, don't know. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm just saying. You know, like this this gets me more than anything. This is creepy to me. It's super eerie. Like it's not jump scary. It's super eerie. Yeah. I mean, as a movie, I definitely would rather watch Hereditary for creepiness, scare factor. Me, uh, this is more creepier to me. Yeah, but uh, you guys are doing 3.5. Man, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm similar to you guys. I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel good at the end of this movie. You don't feel no, satisfied at all. You feel I mean, horrible. Yeah. I mean, you, don't, you don't feel satisfied at the end of Hereditary either, but at least it's a visually a good movie, so it's hard to say. Man, I'm really fighting my score right now i feel like i need to go higher than you guys because i like it more no you don't have to do anything you don't want to do rob (laughs) yeah i don't um, what does your heart tell you what does your gut tell you my heart is telling me four but i feel like it's it's i don't know i feel like i don't want to give it a four because it's just i don't want to rewatch it it's so grim 
you know. Um, there you go. But uh, but fuck it. I'll, I'll say four. I'll say four. I'm eating the nachos. I'm drinking the Pinot. Uh, whatever Greg was doing, I'm reading the journal. Yeah, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna say four for this movie. Maybe there'll be an amendment down the road. I mean, I did watch this movie three times, guys. I watched this wow. movie. Three times, so Oh my god! So it was rewatchable for you. Yes and no. <laughs> to uh. be honest with you, it's really fun to rewatch it. But all you do is stare at the backgrounds. That's all you do. Yeah. You, don't even, you, you don't even watch the movie. All I do is I, I as I rewatch it and I just look in the background. I'm like, what's there? Is something there? You know, there's not going to be anything jumping out. Yeah. There's that fear mm-hmm. when you're trying to stare at a background. It's like, oh, am I yeah. going to get got right now? Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking like, is she hiding in that drawer? Is what she doing there? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to watch like that, though. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would recommend this movie. I would recommend it. Every, I think people need to watch it once at least. You know, no, Laura, by your eyes, you say I don't no. know. I think really? that I would say if you were like, yeah, I'm mm. not sure. I think it would have to be a specific type type of person I recommended it to. Really? And mm. I can't even articulate who that is. Just, I, I don't know. I, mm. I think that there is something like to enjoy about the movie that that people can latch on to like i for me personally it was there was a line early on in the movie and i forgot how it how it went exactly it had something to do with um it was early on after she had first died and they were talking about i think it was either the grandma or the mom talking about death you know death takes everything eventually it's the meanest dumbest machine mm-hmm. and it just keeps coming it doesn't care and you know there's there's nothing else you need to really know about it and like that bleakness is is interesting and it's like that's a reality check like it you know good or bad up and down the things that happen in your life like that's always coming at you and you don't know when it's going to come and having that realization is you know it's sad and it's dreary but I feel like that's something that is really you can get from this movie and it comes across in these interviews, you know, and seeing how people cope and realizing there's not one single way to cope with with tragedy. There's different ways and people do it in different manners. So I don't know. I think I, I would recommend it to certain people. But, you know, with the caveat that, look, you're not going to feel good by the end of this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for this week's uh, this week's review here. Um, yeah, next week is going to be my pick. We're over to my pick next week. I'm uh, I'm doing 2011's Attack the Block. Uh, this is John Boyega, Nick Frost, uh, a bunch of people in this movie. I've only heard good things. It seems like it's going to be like a super fun. Uh, it's like an alien kind of invasion movie um from the from the uk when it came out i've heard really great things about it. i'm excited about it i don't know if there's gonna be any nachos or peanuts yeah, I, think, I think this is like a, a movie about when rob uh, starts grating cheese for his nachos yeah he attacks that block attack that goes block, right man. after that block gotta get gotta oh get that God. cheese block i like it i like it yeah that's what kills me i ate too much of that block yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the rest of our schedule though is is available on twitter and instagram you got to check it out uh at conjecturing pod on both see the rest of the month um also please remember keep sending conjecture choice picks uh keep bringing uh we want to keep reviewing different movies uh different things we've never heard about thought about i mean even like this movie is as much as it's highly rated 96 percent, like it is kind of under the radar a lot of people i feel yeah. like i feel like legit like filmmakers talk about this movie but i don't think the general public talks about it um no yeah so so keep keep sending them in you can uh, contact us email conjecturing pod at gmail twitter instagram at conjecturing pod or website podpage.com slash conjecturing pod um also don't forget check out our tiktok 
Acnjecturing pod. <laughs> Maybe Greg's gonna put a TikTok up there of me eating nachos with some type of oh no, oh no in the background. I don't know. <laughs> see, what, see what happens. <laughs> It's already up. It's already up. It's already up. It's already up. Right. 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 Okay. Oh no. The next one's gonna be R.I.P. to Rob. He died making this video. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh yeah, if, if you like the, our pod, check out our merch at our merch store, tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. Uh lastly, please remember subscribe, rate, review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on, and also check out the other shows on the slash and cast podcast network, slash and cast dot network. So that's it from the gold room tonight. It's been a conjecturing. I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember horror subjective, so conjecture away. See ya. for a wet pinot, but, you know, that's just me, you know.